Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 95.7 The Game's John Dickinson has been with the Warriors every day throughout the championship era. Half-court, the Warriors start to celebrate. The one-time darlings are now a dynasty. Now, he brings you the latest scoops on the back-to-back champs. He's looking good to go. And exclusive player interviews. What's up, Dub Nation? It's your boy, Stephen Curry. This is Warriors Weekly on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, John Dickinson. And welcome in Warriors Weekly Podcast, Episode 7 for 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson joined by Matt Steinmetz again. we got to come with the heavy hitters after... Uh, I mean, i got to be honest, Steiny, this is a podcast that I thought was going to have a totally different tone. When we were mapping it out yesterday, uh, it was, well, I'm going to get a Houston guest on, and I'm going to have you on, and this is going to be a full-blown Warriors-Rockets preview the Rockets held up their end of the bargain. The Warriors didn't. And for whatever reason, it all starts with the defense uh, for the Golden State Warriors. And, and, and they were awful last night uh, at home in Game 5 against the Clippers. And they've basically turned this into an emergency pod about <laughs> what the heck is going on with the Warriors in this series. You know what, J.D.? That's, that's a great question. I, I, think, I think it's logical for uh, somebody to have watched that game last night and taken away from it, you know what? The Warriors can get beat. I, I really do. I mean, this is the L.A. Clippers. They're the eighth seed. They're a team with a with a mix of a couple nice young players, a couple solid veterans. But the talent discrepancy between these two teams is pretty is pretty dramatic, or it should be pretty dramatic. And I guess what I'm thinking, J.D., is after watching the Warriors this regular season, after watching them have games uh, like this in the past where they've been inconsistent, I am starting to think, you know what? This is who they are. This is going to be a grind. They may win the title this year, but it's not going to be easy. And I think even looking forward, looking past this year might even be a bigger issue for the Warriors because they they might not be able to ride this out as long as they thought they were going to. And, w- and what I mean by that is, again, I mean, obviously, if Kevin Durant says, I want to re-sign, he's going to re-sign, and you're going to want him to re-sign. And there are worse things you could do than re-sign Durant, re-sign Clay Thompson, and head off into the future. But I think what we're seeing now, J.D., is if you re-sign Durant and he wants to come back and you re-sign Clay Thompson and he comes back, it doesn't necessarily mean everything's automatic anymore. 
You know what I mean? It just means that you'll have some continuity for a few more years, but championships aren't a lock anymore for this team. Well, and I think you're, you're starting to see a short-term cost of, of a couple of the games in this series for the Warriors. They're going to have to play a game six against the Clippers. They're going to have to play a game on Sunday that's going to be a quick turnaround, regardless of whether they win or lose. It's either a quick turnaround for a game seven if you lose or a quick turnaround for a game one against the Rockets if you win. So we're seeing some short-term cost uh, for the Warriors losing in the way that they're playing but we're also seeing as you mentioned maybe some long-term costs as well just the fact that the days of skating by on six to ten to twelve good minutes and having that win a game for you are gone they really are and I think that's uh, you know in this day and age JD where where everybody is shooting threes and guys are getting better at shooting threes and Guys from different positions are shooting threes. Like, there's more runs in a game. They come quicker. Uh, they 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 use more. You know, the runs are bigger. They're well, they're, yeah, an 18 point lead isn't what it used to be. Exactly. It just, I mean, flat out. I mean, it it, it, it really isn't, JD. Well, Warriors Weekly, Episode 7, John Dickinson joined by Matt Steinmetz. It's an emergency pod because the Warriors lost again at home to the Clippers. How about the Warriors losing two out of three at Oracle Arena in a playoff series? I mean, I, I got to go back. In, I mean, when's the last time the Warriors lost two home games? It's, it's got to be the finals when they lost Game 5 and Game 7 to, to Cleveland. I would think so. They didn't lose two that series to OKC, I don't believe, right? They, they split at home. Then they yeah, lost they won, two they, on the road, but no, they won Game Five. Uh, yeah, they no. So that th- this is also the first series in the first round that's ever gone six games. So just tangibly, they're having more trouble this first round series than they have uh, in any of the past. I I don't know, JD. I mean, where do you think the team is, kind of in their dynastic arch? If you, if I mean. It's 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 getting more tenuous, I think, more quickly than people thought it might. Well, look, I, I mean, I think the Warriors are, are still the favorite to win the championship this season. But at, at some point, I mean, if they're the favorite, they're less of a favorite than maybe they were a week ago. And yes. they certainly are less uh, of a favorite than they were back, let's say, on New Year's Day or, or even at the All-Star break when they were, you know, hot as heck, uh, you know, before they lost that final game, you know, going into the all-star break up in Portland. And then they came out of the break a little sluggishly. And they never really found what they had there in early January leading up to that game uh, in Portland right before the all-star break. They never really found that level consistently. And they haven't been able to flip the switch even in this series against the Clippers. And you know what else is going to be different this year if they get to the finals is, you know, they're going to play the Rockets next round if they get by the Clippers. I think that's going to be at the very least, an emotional series. But I do think this is going to be the first year where you don't get to go to the finals anymore and and have a sense of of comfort. And I I know, I don't want to take anything away from the Cleveland Cavaliers, J.D., but the last two years, the Warriors, they had their number. I mean, they just did. There there wasn't a lot of drama in, in the finals. I mean, think about it. We all knew. When Cleveland lost that game one that they had in the bag, we all said, it's over. It's oh, And we were right. It was over. And that's not going to happen this year. So 
That's going to be another thing that's going to be interesting to watch. Let's say the Warriors beat the Clippers. Now they overcome an emotional series against the Rockets. They beat the Blazers or the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. I think everybody out here is used to, all right, Finals. This is fun in games in a way because we don't even think the, the Cavaliers can beat us. That's changing. If it's the Bucks, the Bucks can beat the Warriors. If it's Toronto, they can beat the Warriors. Not that they're going to but it's going to be totally different than the Cavalier years in the past. Well, and the other interesting thing there is the Warriors may not have home court advantage in that final series for the first time, but the reality is that, and I'm not even saying this jokingly, that may be a good thing for this Warriors team because they continue, and it's been something we've talked about all year long, and it's played out in this series. They play better on the road. They play more like the two-time defending champions that everybody expects to win a third on the road, and then they get inside Oracle Arena, and it's like something changes. I, I, how do you explain that? Because I've been trying to figure it out. I've asked Steve Kerr about it a couple of different times. He can't figure it out. I, I mean, how do you explain it? Well, first of all, it's, it is hard to explain, and even if we explain it, it's more guessing. Uh, but there's there's no doubt they just they haven't, they haven't clicked consistently at home. What I, I mean, I think, I think there's two things going on. And I talked about this particular issue with, with uh, Brian Scalabrini on the Big Time Basketball Podcast. There's a little cross-reference for you, J.D. Uh, he, Love it. I, I think it's because the Warriors, in some subconscious way, feel like they have to put on a show at home. It's not good enough just to dot the I's, cross the T's, and knock a team off by 13 the the standard is so high here. You know they need. But three. wouldn't that be better than what we've seen? I mean, even if it is per, boring per se. Well, but but my point is, is they that's not good enough for them somewhere deep down at Oracle Arena. They go on the road. I think they say let's let's just let's get back to basics. We we got to be buttoned up. We got to take care of the ball. We got to defend. It's the road, and so they're great. So they play well on the road. Now they come home and they're like, "All right, home. We got our crowd. Let's let's give our crowd. Let's let's put on a show for our crowd." And the reality is, is somehow you got to go into that game saying, "Let's pretend it's a road game. Let's try to keep the turnovers into single digits. Uh, you know, let's take Lou Williams. That you know what I mean? It's just I feel like the games at home, and may, I don't know if it has to do with the last year at Oracle because I think I felt a little of it last year. I, I just think that they they try to almost outdo themselves sometimes when they're at Oracle Arena because the fans kind of demand it in a way, and and that leads to not quite as crisp basketball. Well, and the funny thing is, Scalabrini, down LA, real quick, Scalabrini no, thinks it's it's the old, uh, and I'm not saying he's wrong, he thinks it's the distractions thing. He, he, he definitely says, you know, it's, just, it's more of a pain at home with tickets and family and running around and errands, and then you go on the road and it's all basketball. That's pro- I'm, I'm not. He's played in the NBA. I'm sure he knows. Um, but that particular thing's not necessarily new. It's it must be that they're not handling that part uh, as well this year. Well, I, just from being at the games in L.A., if you just play, the flash plays come out in the wash. No doubt. Because I mean, you, you and and. I, there were a lot of flash plays and, and moments where Curry got hot or Durant, you know, went in for a big time dunk or, or you know, Kevon Looney makes a play. I mean, it just it, it 
there were four, five, six different plays at points in the two games in L.A. in game three and game four where I was thinking, boy, you know what? If they did this at Oracle, the place would be absolutely electric. But yeah. they never do that at Oracle anymore, at least not consistently. No, they don't. And again, I, I also think at some point you got to start asking the hard questions. And that is, can this group get any better? And I, I know sometimes people don't want to hear it, but... Curry's 30. He's been in the league for a while. Uh, Is it possible that these guys are starting to basically get on the downside of their careers, particularly because they've played, um, you know, so deep into seasons? And, you know, one thing I also want to say is just because they might be on the downside doesn't mean they can't win it this year. It doesn't fall apart in the snap of a finger. But I just think we have seen too many signs And too many things have happened this year that are a little bit different to just think it'll all be solved with the snap of a finger or a flip of a switch. The Warriors and the rest of the league, things are tightening. And that seems obvious. And I think if you if you I mean, you have to acknowledge that, don't you, J.D.? No, I think you do. And you look at it. I mean, the Warriors have lost a second game in a playoff series, Steiny, for just the sixth time. Uh, in the Steve Kerr era. So basically five years, this is the sixth time. You get the Grizzlies and, so and the four, Cavs. Four series a year. Uh, so they've this is this is the 17th series, is that correct? Yeah. Under yes. Steve Kerr. And they've, they've only lost two games six times in 17 series. And it's just the second time since they've had Durant. Uh, right. Obviously, the only other one was the seven-gamer against the Rockets last year. But yeah, 15, it was the Grizzlies and Cavs. 16, the Thunder and Cavs. And obviously the Warriors lost in 16 to the Cavs. 17, 8, uh, it didn't happen at all in in 17. Uh, And then 18, obviously the Rockets and now the Clippers in the first round. Right, first first round. It's happened in the first round. Yeah, that's in the first round, I think, is the key there. Obviously, if if they... You know, if they're losing two in the first round, what what happens as we go to rounds uh, two, three, and four? I got to tell you, JD, it's 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 not what Warrior fans want. It's not what they expect. But I mean, this is going to be fascinating watching this championship run because I it's all starting to come into focus. What Pat Riley talks about with a three-peat and the disease of me and the and the fifth year in a row going to the trying to get to the final. It's, you, you just kind of see how hard it really is. And like, you, you know, at the beginning of the year, it's hard to three-peat. Yeah, well, the Warriors are going to three-peat. But, but it's really hard. History has shown it's really hard. But the Warriors are the great, the greatest team ever. They'll be fine. No, you know what? You, you have to respect history. It's really hard. And, and there are a million reasons why it's really, really hard. And the Warriors are finding all that out right now. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be incredible to see if they can overcome it. Because let me tell you what I'm realizing now, J.D., if the Warriors win it this year, this will be the sweetest one. I really believe it. And you wouldn't have thought that before the year started. So maybe there's a well, silver and, lining here. And there was a sweetness to last year when they won because of how difficult it was compared to the year prior, really. I mean, yeah, with 
17 was the redemption tour and you added Durant and you got back after you ended up losing in the finals in 16 and it was a different team. But I, I felt that there was more of a, a relief and an enjoyment and an appreciation even last year compared to years you know prior I, I think I think you're onto something as far as this year goes. If they wind up winning it again, hey, how, how do you explain the defense? Because the Warriors' I, defense stunk last night, and it's just is it just effort level? Is it just similar to what we were talking about about you know the home road thing? I mean, they gave up 37 in the first quarter to the Clippers. They're up four, but it just felt like last night was one of those games, Steiny, where they they believed they could win it just with their offense, and that's just that's just it's false you can't they can't do that not not even against this clippers team right well i'm going to let, let me let me whittle it down to iguodala defending lou williams and th- this is what i was thinking last night iguodala is a great defender he's smart he knows he gets to know your tendencies he plays percentages he knows how to strip the ball down low he's he's a great great defender but you know what Lou Williams is a smart, clever, adept offensive player. Those guys know each other. And I do believe there's there's you got to give Lou Williams credit for respecting Andre Iguodala's greatness on defense and knowing that he's got to do different stuff and raise his game. And I just think, look, Iguodala defended him great. Uh, in game four, and here comes game five. You know what? Game five's different. Lou Williams is a great player, too. He he, he can make adjustments. His change of pace is incredible. That's what I've, you, you know, you think about all the players in the league and how Lillard gets it done and how Westbrook gets it done at full speed. I mean, Lou Williams, yeah, he's just so, you know, he, he goes between deliberate, quick, and slow, and, and he's still... You know, it's all about the change of pace. It's like a pitcher's fastball at 90 seems uh, like it's faster if his if his other pitch is 80. You know what I mean? And so I just think that Lou Williams is a heck of an offensive player, and the Warriors are having trouble with him. And the the other thing is the the Rockets. I'm sorry, the the Clippers. They just seem to know what they're going to run. And if the they're running the pick and roll, I think they feel like well. We're going to get a shot out of it, so let's just keep running it. And and they're not even having to get to their third and fourth option because, I mean, Lou Williams has been great in a couple games. You know, at one point during game five, I think I texted you and or we texted each other at the same time, and it was, boy, Gallinari's been awful in this series. Right. And he didn't start out great in game five, but he found something a little bit in game five that hadn't been there throughout the course of the the entire series. And I think now he almost becomes a little bit more of a concern for a game six because he's a guy that that hadn't played well and now he had a better game and, and, you know, he's capable of having a couple of really strong games now. Especially at home. Especially at home, too. It's funny because we can go find a million reasons, you know, why the Warriors lost and, and they're all valid. I tell you one that we really haven't talked about. Patrick Beverly was good offensively last night. I mean, he's not yeah. a good offensive player. But when uh, he and Jamichael uh, Green are are basically matching Curry and matching Clay Thompson in terms of three point percentage and attempts, that's that's going to be a, a a problem. 
because you don't expect that from Patrick Beverly. So Patrick Beverly's making shots, and Lou Williams is doing what he's doing, and Harold's you know, doing what he's doing. Now you start looking and say, huh, they got three guys playing pretty well. Well, now it's four guys they have playing pretty well. Well, now it's starting to become a bigger problem. Yeah, and, and all the guys in double figures for the Clippers last night, and for the Warriors, it was Durant and a whole hell of a lot of Durant, and yeah. then Curry and Clay Thompson. But another thing that tends to come up when the Warriors aren't playing well, Steiny, is it looks down the stretch like they don't know where they want to go with the ball. And it was that classic night where Durant is getting whatever he wants, and you almost want to go to that, but then. How do you get Curry a shot? And the Clippers have done a better job on Curry the last couple of games. They're really trying to take the ball out of his hands. And it's not even take the ball out of his hands when he's got it in the pick and roll. It's it's take the ball out of his hands when he catches it on a wing. Let's say Durant is going to have it at the top. And he's going to hit Curry uh, on the right wing. There were a couple times last night where the Clippers are going and they're just running two guys at Curry there and forcing him to make a play, which is a little bit different. You know what? I'm starting to think about this, too. Let's be honest. The Warriors don't know where they're going to go down the stretch of a close game. They have no idea. If the Warriors are in, if that game is tied on Friday with one minute left, okay, and the Warriors are, the Warriors have, they're inbounding underneath their own. Clippers score with a minute to go. Lou, the Clippers pick and roll with Lou Williams. He hits a little fade away to the left. It's 110 to 110 with one minute left. Curry inbounds the ball. What are they running? They have no idea what they're running at that point. None. Zero. They don't. Why? Because they have options that are legitimate. You know what, though? Whatever happens on that possession with the Warriors, when the Clippers get the ball back, they know exactly what they're doing. Now, the Warriors' greatness, their individual greatness, will still win them a lot of those games. But they're winning them less than ever before because of a lot of reasons. But one of them is other teams are feeling more comfortable against them, and the Warriors aren't buttoned up down the stretch, whether it's because they don't play a whole hell of a lot of close games like this, whether it's because there's a very real who's going to shoot the ball, Kevin Durant or or Ke- Steph Curry. And, oh, by the way, you know, in game two, the ball ended up in Klay Thompson's hands for two late shots, and that just felt really awkward because he hadn't been shooting in the second half. So that's like almost an offshoot of having great individual players. What do you make of the Warriors acknowledging they were looking ahead? That was weird. That was weird. I mean, Clay Thompson said it. Yeah, I was looking ahead, and, and basically I, I wasn't the only one. Well, I, I, wonder mean, if, and I wonder if they were looking ahead because – were they looking ahead after the Rockets win or were they looking ahead a day or two ago? Because kind of what I mean by that is, you know, the Rockets win right before the Warriors go out. I could see the Warriors. All right, let's go, baby. Rockets. Come on. You know what I mean? That I kind of get like we're going to go take care of business. And now we know the Rockets are there that I can live with. But if it's the morning of the game, you know, we're going to have to we're going to have to really deal with the Rockets pick and roll. Yeah, then it's a problem. You know, I think it goes back to Sunday to be honest. I mean, I really do. I think it went back to the 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 post game 
press conferences on Sunday after the Warriors won in L.A. to take the 3-1 lead. I mean, it was all right. the, the conversation well, about, uh, you know, the next series and Clay jumping in the ocean. And it was, you know, it, 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 I think Anthony Slater wrote this in The Athletic. Uh, it, you know, it, was, it had a little bit of a feel like, like the Warriors had just won the series 4 nothing. No, you're right about that. You're right about that. And that's the other thing. You take that for granted with the with the Warriors. You know, oh, they lost a tough game too, but guess what? They go down to L.A. and just like the Warriors, they win both. Just like the Warriors. So now they come home and it's over. But no, it's not over. We're seeing things this year, J.D., that we're not used to seeing. Uh, you know, final one here as we wrap up our, our Warriors weekly emergency podcast. Matt Steinmetz joining me, John Dickinson. Uh, here for 95-7, the game. Uh, you said something to me last night that I wanted to bring to the table here, and that is, you know, this is the kind of game, game five, you lose at home. This is the kind of game that, that makes you think, you know what, they might not win it. Uh, what do you mean by that when you say that? And And just does it have any impact here moving forward? as the Warriors have to play this series out and then look ahead to the Rockets. I just think it's a short-term and long-term thing that I'm that gets me to say that. Short-term, all right? Short-term's just the postseason. Uh, this is their fifth year. We've been, we, we've been through all this before. We know what it takes to win a title. Well, they're going to six games with the L.A. Clippers, and now they got to go down to L.A. on Friday. And then, not you know, now we can't even assume they're going to win Game Six. We think they will because they're the Warriors. But let's say they win Game Six. Well, now they got to play Game One against the Rockets. Rockets are probably going to be watching the Warriors Game Six from the Bay Area. They, they, they may be here now. They may fly Saturday, but the point remains the same: is that the Rockets well, they don't are know be, who they're playing, right? So they probably well, are <laughs> true. That's right. Uh, you want to so talk about not, looking ahead? Oh God, that's funny. You want to talk about looking they're ahead? They're not. They're not flying until till the Warriors win. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you that because they may be host. They might be hosting the Clippers on Tuesday in their mind. Well, you know what? Maybe they're going to fly to like uh, uh, where. Uh, Pomona or something or Cal Poly or like uh, what's the one in the middle right in the middle of LA and and uh, you know Morrow Bay someplace they're going to stay and they'll decide whether to go north or south but uh, yeah no so the short term thing worries me but also and you know this is where you know it might be painful I mean this is the fifth year I'm sorry I I don't think the Warriors are getting better at this point. I think they're holding on, and I think they're they're. I think you know this is. I think it's the start of the decline. I, I've kind of said that all year, and again, it doesn't mean they're not going to win it this year. I still probably wouldn't take money off them if I had bet on them. I'd be a little more worried, but you know the idea that next year and the year after that. I mean, the, the, that's gone. I think I really do. Yeah, and, and I mean, and you know, it's so funny. We always have that conversation about, you know, what's it going to look like a year from now, or what's it going to look like? I remember two years ago we said, "Well, what's it going to look like at the end of 2019?" And I always say, two years is a long time. Yeah, it, it's not a long time in terms of your entire life if you live to be, right. let's say, 80 years old. Not, you know, but it, it two years is a long time 
in the moment and and everything can look different dramatically different in two years all you got to do is just look back at your own life go back two years and look at where you were at or things that were going on or people you were interacting with and you know it's sometimes it's dramatic you know the difference that two years can make and I think we've seen that uh with this Warriors team the the, the other thing too Steiny, just to wrap it up the, the Clippers are feeling like they can beat the Warriors now. And the one thing we know, the Rockets believe that they can beat the Warriors and should have beat the Warriors. So I, I think the way this thing is played out, even if the Warriors wind up winning it, and they may get a slight reprieve in a conference final, let's say, if they make it through this weekend and they make it through the, the Rockets series. But I'll tell you, you know, they, not, not to, they end up playing Damian Lillard the way Damian Lillard's playing. I mean... Look out! I don't think he's he's somebody you def, you'd you'd want to see at this point. But teams are much more confident no against doubt. the Warriors, is what I'm getting at. No doubt. I mean, absolutely, and and they're confident because they've been playing the Warriors head to head a little bit better, and also they're watching the games, and they know that the Warriors are play are struggling more and more against every other team in the league. All right, well, that's going to do it for Episode 7 of our Warriors Weekly Podcast. Uh, Another emergency pod. That's back-to-back emergency pods, Steiny. I had the one with Bonte uh, last week after the Game 2 loss, and we had it lined up. Uh, you know, you're going to do one after game two because this series is going to shift to L.A., going to do one at the end of this series because we expected the series to be over after last night. I, I was looking ahead. I know you were looking ahead. You had some weekend plans that are getting tweaked a little bit. Uh, I'm heading back to L.A. tomorrow morning. So, uh, it, it, you know, there's been a little bit of a wrench thrown in this thing. Uh, but, yeah, our second consecutive uh, emergency pod. Steiny, thanks a lot, to, as always. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you on the pre- and the post-game shows here uh, over the course of the weekend. Thanks, buddy. All right, J.D., take care. This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.